What drew you to becoming SROs, and what was the process like? Well, jokingly, uh, police officers work all kinds of shifts and hours, right? So honestly, a lot of people say, well, what shift is that SRO spot, right? So they want that first shift job. That is not the catalyst. That's not the reason we want SROs riding for that position. Um, but they, they, I was a patrol officer for many years and then had the opportunity to get into schools. Ferris was already in the schools and kind of told me a lot about, about what the position was like. And just that the, the differences in policing in a school as opposed to on the street is the, the incredible amount of relationships that you build with not only st- uh, students, but certainly staff, their family members, their siblings in other schools and on and on. So it's really a very, very fulfilling job uh, to, to have those opportunities and to also speak to people that aren't always in crisis or that aren't always at their worst or even when they are have an opportunity to make maybe more of a difference in a, in a juvenile or younger person's life as opposed to running into somebody that's more seasoned, more of an adult who's more set in their ways, you may less likely be able to, um, I don't want to say influence, but to, to maybe influence them in a positive way. So it was a great opportunity for that. That's the kind of thing I think that draws most SROs to it and certainly was for me. That is certainly something that drew me to the position is having that impact on young people, on families, the school, the community as a whole, because we get to interact with people not only when they're at their worst moment in their life, we can be there for them where they have good things going on, where students got their first job, they got a good grade on the test. Um, they've overcome just challenges in their life as far as like communicating with their parents at home, conflicts with their peers. We play a role in a number of those situations, whereas they see us as a helpful person, more of a resource versus then somebody who's coming to place someone under arrest, put handcuffs on, write tickets. And they get an understanding of how we are as individual, our personalities, and like what goes on with us in our day-to-day lives as well. So whereas like I've been doing this now for 12 years, some of my students who graduated years ago are now starting to have their children are coming up through the Wauwatosa School District. So that's just cool to see things come full circle and how people grow up and where they land in life as far as growing with their families, growing in their careers, and growing up as like positive citizens in the community. Yeah, and he said you were already in the schools. How did Were you working as an SRO already, or were you working in the schools not as an well, officer? When I came to the Tulsa Police Department, I worked four and a half-ish years on patrol before I got the opportunity to become a school resource officer. So I've been a school resource officer since August of 2012. So, yeah, when Jim reached out, he was in a position. I was still in middle school then. (laughs) When Jim reached out, you know, he's interested in the position. And even those who have come into the position after uh, Jim often reach out to me to ask questions about what exactly does the job entail? Like, what kind of things do you do? Because I think there's maybe some misconception of, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just hanging out, not doing much. But there's always something to do. There's always a conversation to be had. We assist, uh, you know, uh, patrol as well as the detective bureau with different things as follow-up because we know who a lot of the young people are. We've interacted with their families, and we know who they hang out with, mostly in school, but sometimes outside of school as well. So you can make a lot of connections. Yeah, and uh, so one of the things we've been talking about here in Milwaukee is, as they try to re-implement the SRO program, is that you can't just immediately move officers off shifts like you talked about just Mm -hmm. into the schools so that's something they're working on here why it's taking so long honestly and 
that's really what I want to ask about is in for Wauwatosa police, what is the training like for becoming a school resource officer? What do you do before you go to school? So we, we obviously got to have some experience on as a patrol officer and understanding the ins and outs of just policing in general. So I, in all honesty, I don't recall how many years you have to be in to become an SRO. It's probably as little as two, but I'm guessing closer to four. And again, I'm sorry, I don't know that fact. Um, but there's a time that's that's you know put into that then there's the interest people have to express an interest and have to express why they have that interest so there's an interview process to get into the division um, and then there's a selection process we also involve the school district in that choice um, we don't just serve the school district also we serve parochial schools private schools um, so everybody gets a sort of a, a, a piece of that but the school district themselves gets to opine on on the candidate so there's that piece of it once the SRO is in obviously you have law enforcement training um, whether it be in the academy years ago or just your training on the job and all the the uh, training requirements that were we have to meet just to stay certified as a police officer so we have that generalized training um, but then for a new SRO they're going to go for a week right away usually out of state for uh, it's called NASRO uh, National Association of School Resource Officers uh, that is a program that they put on they have a basic NASRO course so all SROs will go for that one week course to get an understanding of how things are a little different in the schools than they are say on the streets so there's the first main piece of that training. I don't want to take the entire question. There's other training aspects that we do. And as far as with the NASRO training, um, they teach a triad method where we serve as three primary functions. Uh, one of the first functions is a public safety educator where we have conversations, we do classroom presentations with students on a number of topics ranging from Fourth Amendment search and seizure to job duties as a police officer. And you can kind of tailor it to uh, your student base that you're going to, whether it's an elementary school or a high school. Uh, the second part of that is being an informal counselor, mentorship kind of role. And the third, of course, being law enforcement. So a lot of the training is scenario-based, where it's like it gets you away from that patrol mindset of, you know, figure it out, arrest, uh, ticket, that kind of stuff, and more as far as like that positive relationship building and being a person in the building where people can rely on you for a number of things. When, and a lot of those things don't even have to do with law enforcement. They also get crisis intervention training, so that's a, called CIT. You get CIT certified. That's another thing. So another, that's a week long course. You can take more of that certainly, but the initial course is one week, and that gives you dealing uh, gives you some expertise in dealing with people with mental health crisis or a lot of the things that you might run into in any walk of life. But obviously, in the schools with uh, juveniles and adolescents, sometimes you run into a lot of the mental health issues that they may have needs for. So there's another specialized piece. And then we also do, through the department, but uh, seek it out as SROs, is active assailant training. So obviously, there are you know significant incidents that can occur in schools or businesses or anywhere. So we work on that and train uh, frequently on that. And then try to do annually work with the school district as well on that. Last year, we did a, a very good – we have a good partnership with the district. We were allowed to use their buildings and invite some of their people for some of that active senate training. So it was a great opportunity for them to see what we do and then a great opportunity for us to utilize them as actors or, or witnesses and whatnot to help us train under those environments. So those are some of the key pieces. I will say for – the ultimate training is literally being in the school and learning as you go. Uh, there is so much that you run across that you wouldn't ordinarily see in a law enforcement role. And again, to the, to the three functions that he just mentioned, I mean, to try to teach that or to try to 
read that out of a book. It's nearly impossible. It's almost through experience. And the SROs, we've got a really tight-knit group, and they depend on one another. When they have something they haven't seen before, they'll call one another, or they'll certainly call me, and uh, together we work through it. And another opportunity that we have uh, each summer, there's a school resource officer conference. Usually it's in Appleton, Green Bay area, whereas educators, law enforcement officers from Wisconsin, some from Minnesota, Illinois, Indiana, where we all come together and talk about topics that impact our youth and families, like substance abuse, um, social media, and we get presented with new materials, new um, applications that are coming out that kids are probably not going to make the best of choices with, just so we're aware of like what's coming and how to work through them. And everybody has a different situation, a different perspective. Because like for me, going through that conference through the years, I get like a heads up on things that are coming. Like, well, I haven't heard that yet. And then sure enough, when that next school year starts, within the first month or so, it's like, oh, that's exactly what we were talking about at the conference. So that's a good opportunity just to meet people in the same uh, career field and different ideas. Everybody has different you know, situations that they've been presented with. And it's nice to hear how they work through them. And you kind of add that to the tool in the toolbox when you have a similar instance happening in our school district. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I did want to ask, are you assigned to a specific school in the Wauwatosa School District, or do you guys rotate? What's the experience like? Primarily, I'm at Wauwatosa West High School, but I go all around the school district. So currently, well, ideally when we have four SROs, one is assigned to each of, each of one of the four secondary schools. So the two middle schools, the two high schools would have their own school resource officer, and then the city with the 10 elementary schools the officer who was on the East End at like um, Longfellow Middle School would be responsible for the East End Elementaries and Whitman Middle School on the West End of the city would be responsible for the West End Elementary Schools. But now there's three of us, so we just rotate around as be. But primarily, my office home base is Wauwatosa West High School. Yeah, and with the elementary schools, is it just sort of on an as-needed basis rather than actually being there? Yeah, for, for the most part, and then stopping in, just making those contacts, you know, high fives, reading books to the children, passing out stickers. So they see who we are, coming over for their high-interest days. They get to talk to a police officer, ask us questions. They get to see the inside, outside of a squad car, and just fun for them to build that, being comfortable with us. Like, you know, don't look at us the word like some fictional person that you can't have a conversation with like we're out here in the community to help you and the help looks and comes in a number of ways yeah and sort of following up on that is one of the things i wanted to know at the high schools as the sort of primary that's where most people think of sros being there that's sort of what everybody's perception is um what does I know that it changes day to day, but what would a typical day or a typical week look like in terms of what you are doing in schools at that point? So I was an SRO for close to seven years at Tosa East High School. Um, The variety that that on any given day is is amazing, and I think it's part of what draws people to the job as well because there's such a variety of things to do. You may not be uh, enforcing any given law. You might be assisting with a, a new evacuation route or some new plan that you're helping with the, the safety and security of the school. So the incredible variety that that happens, I, I know from experience and I know just working with Ferris for so long that oftentimes when you walk into that building, you don't have a time to put your things down and there's something going on at the school that they need assistance for, um, whether it be a, a criminal act or someone that's that's 
having uh, some sort of a meltdown or whatnot in the office. It, it's really sort of a nonstop um, rotation of things that you might run across. Some of them, again, are, are don't don't end up in a ticket or an arrest. It's just more of a resource for the school district or the school administrators um, and certainly the students. So any given day, I mean, it can be anywhere from somebody uh, lost their, their, you know, their headphones somewhere or, or someone stole some money out of a locker or there's a kid who had a problem at home and is now feeling um, that they might do some sort of self-harm, right? There could be a, a, an opportunity to go speak in a classroom and talk about maybe the Fourth Amendment or we get to guest speak and stuff in somebody's classroom, so that's great. Um, checking out people saying hello at lunchtime, just being friendly, being uh, available. I had uh, There was one kid that used to come to me every day just for a bottle of water. We come sit down and talk and hand out that bottle of water, and that those those relationships with those kids help uh, with perceptions of police and other kids through word of mouth here that that officer's okay. I can tell you right now, I went in recently to uh, Wauwatosa East where there was another school resource officer working there, and he was gone. And I stepped in and I was trying to talk to some of the kids, and they had almost nothing to say to me. They they looked at me as I got this barrier that is my uniform and badge, and they they didn't have a lot to say to me, even though I was trying to be open to them. Had Ferris walked in or their current SRO or anybody, they would have had all kinds of rapport with that person. So, kind of off topic, I guess. But any given day is is really those relationships. And yes, sometimes law enforcement uh, needs arise. Um, all the way on up to a, a significant threat. So you never know what your day might might have. So for me, piggybacking off of that, like coming to each day is keep an open mind, keep an open perspective. I know each day I'm going to have a lot of conversations, but I'm not sure what about yet. And that can turn into anything. Yeah, I did want to ask. I mostly talked about I want to know more about the non-serious aspects of the job, but I did want to talk about the serious aspects. Have you ever received any pushback on your in, in while you've been in the course of enforcing your duties? Have is that been something you've dealt with either on a personal level or a more structural level? Because there is in Milwaukee a, a fair amount of controversy attached to SROs, and I wanted to know if that was something you guys experienced as well. I think a lot of the controversy comes from people that are just um, they're unaware of how the program works. They're, it's, not, it's not anybody's really fault. I mean, how do you shadow an SRO for a day, right? I always encourage people to talk to kids that have had experiences with SROs or certainly faculty, faculty members. But really those kids and those parents can tell you the relationship and the um, usually a positive interaction, even from the most negative experience, what that was like to be with the SRO. And I always took pride in that. And I was, I was so, I honestly, I had some of the best relationships with the kids who had the most problems. And um, they saw that there was there's respect there. There was, we treated them fairly. They learned that a stereotypical police officer wasn't what we were. And so I think we were, we were really helping break down barriers with those kinds of relationships. And I think to, to people that argue like police shouldn't be in schools, I would just challenge them to um, get more information, right? Don't, don't go on perceptions that you may have or what you may have heard. Find out for yourself exactly what's going on in there. Because I think you'll find nine times out of ten, the officers are working harder than ever not to cite people, not to um, put them in jail. We're working to show them basically love through discipline, right? I mean, that's what that is. And, and trying to show them 
that you have to be held accountable at the same time it can be done reasonably and we can teach and and, and some kids come from homes that are, are quite broken and they need nothing more than structure and if the SRO can offer that without being heavy-handed and to have the same relationship with that kid before they had a problem as they did with the kid after they have a problem because let's face it you're in a school every day it's not like on the street you arrest someone you may never see them again you're gonna see that kid and their family and their friends for the rest of your career as an SRO. So we can't even, selfishly, we can't even afford to destroy a relationship or to be biased mm-hmm. or to treat someone negatively because we thought they did something wrong. It's almost, in a way, it's a bit like a parental role where you try to you know, embrace, understand there's going to be mistakes, problems, and try to fix those things. So, again, challenge the public to, to really think about what they're saying before they make those knee-jerk reactions or uh, perceived reactions to what police are in the schools. And I think one of the major things that allows our school resource officer program to thrive in Wauwatosa is I feel like our students and families and staff feel like their voice is heard. Mm. We can have those conversations through building those relationships where we talk about so many different things, whereas that level of trust is so high, whereas you don't get a lot of that challenge. They really trust and respect, like we're working for the best interest of their family, for their child in that situation. And it's really not about the tickets. Like, it's about the conversation. It's about, you know, you make some mistakes now. We learn from, uh, learn from these mistakes, and we do better next time. And we just kind of, like, grow and just keep learning and keep doing better. Because I'll tell students any, any day, any time, I am not perfect. I'm going to make a mistake today. We all make mistakes. But the thing about life is we learn from what we failed at, pick ourselves back up, and do better next time and keep communicating. The schools have a ton of great resources, you know, with their staff and faculty. There's just no question that, that what's available to those students. But what's always a very nice compliment is when that student comes to an SRO and says, I didn't want to talk to my counselor. I didn't want to talk to my principal. I didn't feel I could talk to anybody, but I felt I could come talk to you. And when you have that kind of connection or you have kids that go away to college or the military or whatever, graduate and come back and say, hey, that time that I talked with you, that, that made a difference. That was so Those are the things, I mean that make this position so great. And, and it's a very challenging position. You have uh, sometimes that your biggest challenges come from opposition from a parent who you may have held their child accountable and now they're upset with the police over it. But at the end of the day, it's certainly in my career, I would, I would guess in his career, I mean, I've moved on to a different position, but that was without a doubt the most fulfilling time in my career as a police officer being a resource officer. I think that'll probably wrap up my questions that I had for you. Is there anything else that I didn't get to that you feel like is important to add? Because what you were talking about there is the entire reason I wanted to do this interview is I think there is a lack of knowledge. It was hard for me, somebody who was working on this at work every day, to really understand what goes on because we're not in high school anymore. I can't just go to I can't go to school, even though if I shaved, I would look like a high schooler. But so I just wanted to give you the question, the opportunity to add anything you feel like I missed in uh, my questions. Uh, uh, n- nothing in particular. I do thank you for the time and the opportunity to, to share uh, what we feel is a very good program. Um, I know that I, I've sat and uh, talked with school board members and sat at meetings, and there is, you know— a variety of people on school boards as there are anywhere in our community and society. So there are some pro-police, some anti. And I think, generally speaking, my conversations with them have been much like this, to where we can at least point out a lot of the positives and 
I absolutely agree with Ferris. We make mistakes. We aren't perfect. And when, when we're, our profession is such that if an officer makes a, a mistake or does something on purpose or does something wrong or illegal, it's magnified in the country and, and we're held to a higher standard than we should be. Uh, I agree with that. But I think, it's, I think people should be careful not to use that broad brush and say, well, they're all the same because this mistake happened and you name the state. Right. So those things, if people, I guess to sum up what I'm trying to say and just keep an open mind to the program, do your research and think about uh, the questions that you may have, ask those questions, and you might be pleasantly surprised with what the outcome is. For me, I want to encourage like parents, families, loved ones, interacting with their children, grandchildren, uh, keep those lines of communication open. Keep an open mind when, you know, speaking with our young people, because there's a lot going on. They have a lot of things presented to them especially with, you know, their computer in their pocket with their cell phones. Be mindful of what's going on with these social media apps and how someone, whether somebody in your neighborhood, in your household or community or somewhere on the other side of the globe, someone's trying to take advantage of your young person. So just be mindful and just be aware of, like, what's going on, what they may or may not be getting into. And I get that, you know, you may we give our sons and daughters these phones, but, you know, you have to have some kind of, no hearsay of what's going on on that device because they can get themselves into a world of trouble. And for them, they look at it as being embarrassed. They did something wrong, so they may not be able to or willing to have that conversation and let you know what's going on, but just try to do a good job of paying attention and monitoring what's going on on those electronic devices. 